Hey, welcome everybody to this week's episode of Cream City Dreams. We are so excited. We're always so excited. But today (laughs) we are introducing you to Ashley Valentine, who recently opened Rooted MKE, a BIPOC kids bookstore and creative space on Valit Street. Such a fun interview. Oh, so many so many little seeds planted ideas <laughs> nurtured into life dreams watered <laughs> always with the metaphor shelly always with the metaphor oh, yeah yeah i know it really feeds my farming soul to to talk about it all and just such a perfect name rooted mke couldn't have picked a better name for her bookstore on bleat We were just at her grand opening last weekend and it was packed. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful spot. It's a great selection of books for young readers, for young adult readers. For adults. I bought a book of poetry. And and for adults. Hey, I don't think I knew that. Also some like really cute all natural toys. That was like a a cute little, I mean, it's just a, a great spot to stop in, especially if you're shopping for kids. Yes. But then beyond that, a tutoring and creative space for kids to work on literacy. So what I'm really thinking a lot about since our interview with her is the creativity that went into her business model because of what she experienced as a kid and what she experienced as an adult in the classroom. You know, it's kind of a mix of Mm -hmm. her own journey as a kid plus her experience teaching. Yeah. But, you know, Shelly, before we go too much further, I do just want to let our listeners know that in the background, you will hear a gorgeous little baby. Ashley has a little little one named Astra who, in part, I couldn't edit out, but also I didn't want to edit out because I do think it's really important to know what it sounds like when women try to do it all. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, there was a legislator who brought her baby who was nursing to the floor for a vote. And these are things we need to see more of if we really want women to be leading and creating and taking space like kids come along. Right. <laughs> we sometimes have to bring our babies with us like she did on this interview, which I love. And it's so sweet. So anyway, Back to the interview. So the mission of Rooted MKE is to showcase and spotlight um, BIPOC authors and stories and voices and introduce kids to the power of using their own voice to share their own story and being able to see examples of that through the books that we have in store. So they can see this is what it looks like when someone else does it, but you can make your story be whatever you want it to be. And then she goes on to talking about being a Black person growing up in Milwaukee and needing to have spaces that feel inviting. And I really think this is just important for us to hear. As a Black person, I I meet lots of people who I've went to college with or went to school with who are still here and doing really well or don't want to come back here or they come back here for a funeral or to visit a grandma or for the holidays and complain about how it's still the same or how there's just not a lot of opportunity if you haven't been to college or are able to make strong connections or blend in well in other spaces. Um, So the store was important to me because having a place for BIPOC families and BIPOC kids to go that represents 
warmth and appreciation and solidarity for wanting better for our kids and our families is it feels good and it gives parents a sense of connection like hey i'm not navigating this alone so uh, i guess like what fueled this idea of the bookstore is safety right and creating safe spaces and also because part of what happened for her in in childhood is that books became a refuge books became a safe place for her to go to when i was really young we lived in the brown deer area and i went to la escuela fratney so we lived on 99th and good hope and i came all the way to the east side to go to school on the bus and even in school my siblings and I were the minority. Um, middle school, I was one of two or three Black kids in the entire program. And I went to Lincoln. I had one other Black classmate with me in middle school for three years. Everyone else was Hispanic. And it felt, I felt alone a lot. It was hard. And I was learning about myself and the experience of Black preteens and building a sense of community through books because I didn't have classes with other Black students that weren't specialty classes. So I felt very isolated from the people that looked just like me. So when I was seeking out, like, where's my crowd or where's my people, I, I still didn't live near a lot of Black and Brown people. So books was how I made connections and kind of carved out like, well, what do I want to be? What types of things do I want to be into as a Black student with no Black friends at school, aside from one, and no Black and Brown teachers? So with the bookstore, it felt like if there are kids like me who feel like I'm lost and I don't have this sense of connection with other people, for whatever reason, a book is always a safe space to go to, to be able to explore a world that I'm looking for, but I don't see in my everyday experience. There was this awareness that she had about books being a safe place, about needing safe places in Milwaukee to go where you feel warm and invited and see people who look like you doing beautiful things, but also teaching was frustrating because of all the red tape or all the bureaucracy, the requirements that kept her from really focusing in on making academic gains around literacy for kids. So here's this chance to build something that is outside the educational system that gets to doing the thing that she wants to do. There's so many layers to working in a school and supporting kids in a classroom. You, you have your ideas and the things that you want to do, and then you have common core standards, and then you have expectations from your principal, then you have expectations from whoever has expectations of them, and then you have standardized testing, and then you have all of these layers of things. And I felt like, but this is so simple. I know how to teach kids to read, and it's really not that complicated. I can do this if I took out all those other layers and got right down to the parent and the student and the fundamentals of reading. I always felt that way every year going back to the classroom. So I did leave the classroom and took a summer off. Okay, can we just pause the podcast here, Shelly, and just talk about Guatemala? So who else wants a three-month retreat in Guatemala? Me. <laughs> <laughs> hands up, you can't see, but my hands up. <laughs> me, please. My husband not let me because I didn't, 
technically ask permission, but I had a conversation with my husband about me going to Guatemala for a summer to plan out what I want to do with my time because I don't want to teach anymore. And it just was starting to feel really depressing to know that you want to do something bigger, but you can't. So why can't I do this? Because that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like I'm not living in my purpose. So I'm going to take a break from this to figure out, do I miss it enough to go back? Do I really want to do this? And over the summer, I worked basically fully through the plans of what the day-to-day operations of a bookstore would look like without any of the pressures of life. So I lived in Guatemala. I was doing kind of like side gig work, um, supporting like local hostels and hotel operations with getting their like portals together for trying to get international travelers to come to their space and in exchange for me living there to spend whatever free time I had working through the bookstore. So that summer, just going to another country by myself, living there for three months was like, I can do this. If I can come to Guatemala alone and figure out how to live and sustain and not be hungry and still have my bills paid in America, (laughs) then I can go back home and really put this plan to action. So through grad school and then teaching two more school years and going to Guatemala, I had started to share kind of still like whispering, I want to open a bookstore. I think this is so real. In her story is this element of going away so that she could create the model right? Like to, to put the idea on paper, um, she needed a retreat and had this opportunity to go live in Guatemala away from, you know, the day-to-day here at home. What a cool thing, but man, that is so needed for creatives or even any, you know, anything that you're trying to build. It's so important to have space. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I love how it started in a journal, you know? Yeah, that's right. It started in this just book that she said she carried with her every time she traveled. Anytime I traveled with my husband, we would stop at a bookstore and find a book. It didn't matter what country we were in, what we were doing. We would make sure to get a travel book and find a bookstore and go to a bookstore. So it had always been a part of a vacation or a retreat experience for me. And I would always take my dream notebook on any vacation that we went on. So it was like a notebook that I would have just to decompress and in the perfect world, create this space for myself. And I would keep adding to it all the time. And I would be adding to a bookstore. So I would be sketching a bookstore or thinking about ideas or services I could offer. And my husband would totally entertain me like, oh, if you put this here, how are you going to fit this? Or how big is the entryway going to be? Like he would just do it up. So I'm like thinking about it really intentionally because he'd be asking me really critical questions. Like we were going to go home and do it the next day. But that was perfect because it allowed me to think about even the tiniest details of what a bookstore could be. And then in grad school, I was pregnant with my son and I was meeting with my advisor to go over my thesis. And then I shared with her kind of like whispering and really nervous. Like, I don't, I don't want to teach in the classroom. And she looked at me like, 
you're in a graduate program to be a special education and reading teacher and you don't want to teach, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I want to open a bookstore and help kids outside of school. So she thought that was a cool idea. And she challenged me to start thinking about what that could be and leave grad school with a concrete plan so that if I ever didn't want to teach, like I had a plan and I wouldn't be hating my job with no strategy and no plan and like a teacher who's super burnt out and doesn't want to be there anymore, but doesn't have any other thing in the works to use as a landing pad. So my last year and a half of grad school, I worked with two of my advisors just talking through what a space could look like for kids to support them with literacy and academics outside of school. I just really love this part where she talks about whispering the idea to somebody, um, which is just such a beautiful way to think about any creative thing that we do. It sometimes starts as a whisper, like, oh, I have this dream or I have this idea. Yeah. Just the courage that it takes to even just tell that first person, like seriously, even this podcast, Shelly, have you, like, I've been whispering it to people and it's like, (gasps) you know, like it just, it starts as a whisper. Dreams Mm -hmm. start as whispers. And that Mm -hmm. was so cool that she, that she whispered. Yeah. It, well, and then the accountability that follows when, once you start telling people, and people might like check in like, Hey, where's that dream at? Or did you follow up on that grant that I told you about? Or, you know, people start to kind of hold you accountable. So you can see how that whisper starts to become more like, this is just regular conversational tone now, because this is what I'm doing. You know, there's like a, a a dance between the vulnerability and then the accountability of making it happen. You're a little vulnerable and then somebody holds you accountable. And then, you know, there's just something really neat about that dance that she, in her story just pops out really beautifully. Making sure that I had people around me to support what I wanted to do has really helped move it from, Hey, I have this idea to, I have this idea and I'm going to do it because those same people who I was sharing it with kept coming back to me like, Hey, are you doing something with that bookstore? Are you going to do something? I hear that Wibbick is having this class or I hear that there's a grant from the state to help open a small business if you want to do that now. Or I hear this person wants to volunteer and maybe support with some of the tutoring services. So every time I say it, someone comes forward with a way to help me move it forward. So then I felt I felt responsible to keep it moving because how could you speak this thing into existence and be working on it over so much time and then not even do it. Mm. What sense does that make? You're saying you're not happy and you don't want to live in a space where you feel like you can be doing greater things, but you never jump. When are you going to just jump? Because all of these people are here to help you. It's not like I'm jumping off of a cliff into an ocean. Like I'm jumping into all of these opportunities to continue to move something forward because all of these people are with me on this leap and I'm not alone. So I have to do this. Otherwise, what did I spend my free time doing for the past five or six years? How long are you going to fill up a notebook with ideas and keep revisiting, revisiting it and never move on those things? And I think that's so... It's such a good thing to hear and be reminded because I feel like, and I certainly have felt this in the past, like 
nervous about telling people your ideas, nervous about sharing your dreams. Why? I mean, if you had to pin it down, I don't know, because worried about what people will think, what people are going to be whispering behind my back. But if you really stop and think about it, who wants you to fail? Like I'm thinking about all my friends, you know, the people I would whisper to. None of them want me to fail, right? Everybody wants their friends to succeed. And if they don't, then are they really your friends? And you're probably not telling them anyway, right? So why are we so afraid to step into that? Why, you know, I guess as I'm thinking about like what our listeners could take away from this, start a whisper campaign, start it, you know, even just one person, like let that plant that seed, let it grow, you know? Well, and then I think it's fun to look at that from the other angle too. If people whisper their dreams to you, what, how will you receive that for them in a way that is empowering and encouraging? I think that's a really fun thing to think about, you know, are people sharing their dreams with me and, and am I nurturing those dreams for other people? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, a lot of what I appreciated from Ashley's conversation and her just confidence and trust in where she's at, um, in where the business is at. I think that I'm doing my best with all of the other things that I have going on, because to me, no matter what Rooted is doing, I want to be a mom first. So if that means that I can't attend a class or a training or I miss a grant because I have the baby or something's happening with the baby, then something else will come up or I'll work even that much harder to make sure that I find something to replace the thing that I missed because it's important, but my family is more important and opportunities always come. Like there will always be another chance. Yeah. Yeah. I intentionally left work so I could be with the baby and then to rob the baby of baby time because my mind doesn't want to sit idle. Like I, I have to always remind myself and that grace I've had to kind of talk it to myself every day because there's a lot of days where people are asking me something or asking something of me almost all day long. And it's like, somebody's always going to be asking me to do something or for something, or can they have something or am I able to do something? So if I don't start to back off of that a little bit now, the baby, when is the baby going to get mom? The baby can't Mm -hmm. say mom stop, but she's telling me mom stop when she's screaming or like falling out of the seat. And I'm just like (laughs) watching her melt to the ground. So just reminding myself like, Hey, you wanted to be a mom. What kind of mom do you want to be? Be that mom and the business will be fine. If it's, if it's doing what it's supposed to do, it will be fine. And is it going to grow one day, but it's going to be exactly what I needed to be in all of the moments of my life, because that's just the way it's going to be. That was a really beautiful part that I'm taking away from this. Yeah. And I definitely know that feeling of like waiting for the kids to fall asleep so that I can get to work, you know, (laughs) they're like, when are you going to go away? When I love my children and I want to be a great present mom. It's, you know, it's the holding the responsibilities all at once, but being very clear on, you know what, right now I am needed to be present to my babies and the bookstore will be okay. Yeah. And I really like, and maybe this is sort of a good place for us to 
wrap this up is that idea when you asked her, how can we support you, right? How can our community support you? And she just basically said, come bring your friends and just receive, like receive this gift that I've just put out into the community. Don't ask me for anything. Don't um, try to tack on things to what I can offer. Like I'll get there one day if I'm supposed to, but like right now, just come and and enjoy it. I would say people can support by telling other people that the space exists and coming to visit and bringing their kids. And I would say bring your kids and watch how your kids respond in the space. Like, of course, I watch the grownups when they come and visit, but I get super excited when I see a kid coming in and the kid is like, mom. There's a brown kid over here and over here and over here. And that looks like my friend so-and-so. And we had a Muslim family come in and the girl started crying because she saw a book about a mosque and she's never seen a book about a mosque before. And it was like, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. This is it. So like support by coming and bringing your kids and letting them experience the space and don't, don't ask me for anything. Not like, not like that, but just like come into the space and receive. That would be so amazing for me. Like, I know that people genuinely want to see the space do well. So they're trying to figure out like, how can we collaborate and how can we do this? Or can you add this? Or can you sell this? Like, can you just receive? Like I've thought so deeply about the space and I want to offer like all of these awesome products and services, but it takes time. So for now, just receive what's here and be able to appreciate it and like digest what we have before asking me to do something more, like let it be enough. Basically what I'm hearing from this is just listen, just receive, just listen, just be quiet. Well, and I I hear like, just trust that I know what I'm doing and that this will grow in its own time. And I, I'm really glad she said that because I know that my experience as a white person and as a business owner who's trying to make my own way in the world, you know, like, how can we collaborate? What can we, you know, and even just us asking her for the podcast, right? Is, yes. <laughs> is, is like, yes, we're looking for people who have great ideas that are putting them into action and it excited us both that there's, I love that strip of Elite Street. I, I have to be honest, one of my yes. favorite spots in Milwaukee. So to see a new bookstore open and a new business just jazzes me up. But also like, I don't have to collaborate with every person that is, and this is maybe a white person thing, you know, just the like chutzpah of like, hey, I have an idea for you. Mm-hmm. It, like, maybe we can just let people do their things mm-hmm. <laughs> and buy books from them, right? Or tell our friends who live in the neighborhood, go check it out, send your kids there for tutoring, or check in on Facebook when we go there so that people are aware of it. You know, like whatever whatever things we can do to support, it doesn't have to be, I'm benefiting from it necessarily other than the great books that I'm buying. So listeners, go support her books. Go, yeah. go buy books from her. Get over to Vleet Street, check out Rooted MKE, buy some books, peruse the makerspace, the creative space. And I don't know about you, Megan, but I I feel like in you know next year or two years from now, I can't wait to check back in with Ashley to know how it's going. Yes. Right. How the bookstore has grown as her kids have gotten older, as she's settled into the routine of, you know, having an open shop and 
a kid that's a little older, more mobile, all of that, you know, like mm-hmm. what, how it all mm-hmm. develops. I'll be so excited to see. So maybe, yes. maybe there will be another episode down the line where we check back in. So fun to interview Ashley. So grateful for her time, grateful for her gift to the community, to her gift to black and brown kids, but really the gift to all of us because we all benefit with a store like Rooted MKE in our neighborhood and our community. So you can find her on Instagram at rooted.mke and Facebook at rootedmke. Find her on all the usual socials, but more importantly than finding her online, head to her store in person, buy some books, and just enjoy her fabulous space. Yes, yes. In the meantime, stay tuned for our next episode of Cream City Dreams, where we'll meet another amazing Milwaukee woman making her vision a reality. Check back in. We'll see you next time on Cream City Dreams. Stay tuned. Are you loving the podcast? Oh, we hope so. If you are, do us a favor. Like us on all the socials. We are on Facebook at Cream City Dreams. We are on Instagram at Cream City Dreams. And tell your friends. Share our links on your socials. And maybe most importantly, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell them how much you love us. And if you're feeling even more generous, you could buy us a coffee at the link in the show notes. This podcast is a labor of love, by which we mean we absolutely love creating it, but it's a heck of a lot of work. So if you want to throw us a couple bucks to buy ourselves a coffee, or honestly, if we get more than a couple bucks, possibly some better editing software, we would not stop you. Have we mentioned that we have seven kids between us? So we're pretty much up early before the kids wake up to put this thing together. So coffee would not go amiss. Show us the coffee. And hey, you know some woman doing something inspiring in Milwaukee and you think we should interview her? Please drop us an email, creamcitydreamspodcast at gmail.com or head to our website. Let us know about her. And if you see our guests in the wild, be sure to let them know you've heard about them on Cream City Dreams Podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. It is a joy to connect with you here. Yes, you're helping us bring our Cream City Dream to life. Boom. Boom. Thanks, listeners. We love you.